Hey guys, this episode is sponsored by Infused Productions. They are a lifestyle brand out of Western Mass that specialize in cannabis events that create moments that last a lifetime. You can find them on Facebook, IG, or on the web at Infused Productions. Make sure to spell Infused with a Z. And make sure to catch one of their events in Western Mass that they throw monthly. The next one up is the Homie Collective Campout, August 24th through 27th at Franklin County Fairgrounds in Greenfield, Mass. Hopefully see y'all there. Now let's get back into it. Hey guys, thanks for checking out the Bucked Up Podcast. If you don't mind hitting the like and subscribe button, we have two new episodes coming out every week. Now let's get into it. Hoarding, and we're here in fucking Union Coffee. Hey. Bruno, you have the keys to the city. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how I got it. He's just like, we're doing it at this coffee shop. And then we came upstairs, and there's just a sign that says, Bruno is very important. (laughs) Let's go. In middle of nowhere, New Hampshire. Both. Um, I think that from a peaceful perspective out here because everything you do there's less mental clutter there's less going on there's less mm-hmm. traffic to compete with it's grounding it's grounding yeah. and, and you know like that's I really thrive on feeling grounded and that sort of thing but at the same time being in the city is also grounding for me in a certain sense because it's a creative hub and I can you know, meeting with people, there's something exciting and, and fun about that. Yeah. But it's, it's both. It's it's a, a little bit of both. I I love um, being in New England because um, yeah, just the the quiet. You know. Yeah. And I, I I'm aside from music, I'm really into spirituality and peace and getting myself into alignment and being in a clear space so I can create the life I want. Are you an anxious person? Uh, not really. Yeah, you guys both seem very calm. <laughs> and it might be the copious kava. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah we just went in on the kava. <laughs> no, we just drank yeah. that Shout out Greg. Shout, shout out to Greg. Yeah, yeah. rude awakening. Rude yeah, awakening, yeah. Yep. Do you, are you like, do you, you said you always, I think I'm we always not, talk about you have like anxiety, but it's gotten better. No, no, I'm the most anxious person in the whole world. And that's what keeps, that's what I feel like pushes me. Yeah. My muse is anxiety, mm-hmm. which is a shitty muse. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Right. But yeah. you're able to bring it into energy. You're able to contain it and use it as inspiration. Would you say that? Am I right? 100%. Yeah. But, um, okay, so what would your muse, what are, what are y'all's muses? Mm. Oh, I like that question. That's a really good question. Um, that I is think, a really good question. Yeah. Fuck. I think, um, you know, just looking at myself, like when I wake up in the morning, I have a, a morning process that I go through. Because when I first wake up, my mind is cloudy. Um, I'm not thinking clearly. I'm, I'm, I'm really sensitive to, like, the dreams I had or, like, what I did the night before or, like, just the accumulation of, like, thoughts that happen through the night. So when I wake up, I'm not in the clearest state. Like, I'm, I'm cloudy. So I usually spend at least an hour meditating in the morning. And that helps me just get regrounded, mm-hmm. um, realigned, and helps me think about what I want. And, cause, and, and normally to, to get really clear about what I want, I need to take time and go within and really just clear and be intentional. 
And that happens through me thinking about what I don't want and thinking about what I do want. And when I do that, I can kind of create my day and create like how I want to feel for that day and, uh, and just kind of visualize what's important to me and what I want to create. So that's, I think that's part of my muse. And uh, yeah, I think that's a big part of it. Finish your routine. You meditate. For yeah, I meditate hour. and uh, every other day I hit the gym. You know, I'll go for a walk on, on uh, the days I don't go to the gym. So. So I think it's like mental, physical, trying to find that alignment. I, I just have to shower in the morning. Yeah. If I shower in the morning, I'm good. Yeah. I don't need anything else. I can hit the gym, not hit the gym. As long as I get a shower in the morning, my day will start. <laughs> as soon yeah. as that cold, cold shower? No, it's just a, any shower. It doesn't, I, but I've been thinking about doing cold plunges. Are you like, into cold showers? I have that shit scares me. I like it. Because I played football. And like mm. we would do cold plunges after football. And that shit, like, I was like, oh, shit, I'm up. You know, it was like two hours or three hours of practice. And then you go straight into the cold and you're like, all right, now I'm, I can keep my day going. It's almost like a, like a boost of energy. Yeah, so I kind of want to do that in the morning now. Do the cold plunge thing. Like, just dunk into a cold plunge. Oh, yeah. Like and then, exactly. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. the sauna shit. Saunas are dope. All yeah. these shits, it's like, all right, I'm not going to. This is going to sound Whatever, I'll just say, <laughs> yeah. do you feel like you can give yourself that time to meditate because you're happy with what you've created so far? Ooh, man, I like the angle of these questions because I haven't been asked those and it makes me think. Um, you know, sometimes, yes. And other times I just have to force myself because I would rather get, honestly, I don't want to meditate. Yeah. No. When I get up, I don't want to do it. Kind of like you don't, you probably don't want a cold plunge. You don't want to hit the no. gym. Yeah. I don't want to do any of this stuff, but I always feel better for it. So sometimes I have to go through a negotiation process with myself and be like, all right, part of me wants to get up and maybe start working on music or get up and make a phone call or whatever. And, and another part of me is like, no, 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 sit down and meditate. So mm -hmm. it's like I have to almost parent myself into it. And, yeah. and give myself that discipline because if it's up to you know my monkey mind or whatever, I won't do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's that shit we were talking about. Yeah. yeah, ransom. Yeah, you were saying you had worked with ransom before. Did you work with ransom or it was somebody no. else? No, I haven't worked with ransom. Oh, but do you know who ransom is? I don't. The rapper. I he's, know that. I, it's he's amazing. Okay. He's amazing. But anyway, yeah. he has a new album. And uh, he has a track where he's like, how are you free if you can't control what you're lusting in? Now, that can be a sexual thing, 100%. Right. But it also can be like, as you said, the control of the monkey brain. Right. Like, yeah. How are you free if you can't be like, all right, I want to do this, but no, I got to give right. myself that. Totally, totally. There has to be a level of self-control or even discipline or routine or structure. Everyone's different. For me, it has to be that way. Like. Even diet-wise, like I'll go way off the deep end, but I work well with structure. It's mm -hmm. like, you know, all right, cut back on the sweets. You know what I mean? And, and I work well with that, with that kind of structure. Like, yeah. I need structure. Yeah. Bad. Mm -hmm. Because I, I, I have like wicked ADHD undiagnosed. And if I don't mm. write stuff down, I'll just forget it. Mm -hmm. And then like if I don't write stuff, like if I don't go, I'm going to go to the gym today, I just don't. Same. Same. I have to. Do you? Will you? Because yes. you run. Yes. So, like, when you run, do you find that you have to like, almost like, 
you don't want to, but you're like, I want to because I know I'm going to feel better. That is true. And I, it really is the like, I think that's the anxiety. Mm. The anxiety is being like, but what could go wrong? What could go wrong? Mm. But really, what does go wrong? And if something does go wrong, how bad is it usually? Right. Usually you can handle any that situation bad. that the universe throws in front of you. Yeah. You know? Yeah, totally. Like right now, like I know the universe is giving me like tests and I just have to deal with those tests. Like, if you let it overwhelm you, then you're not on your right path. Right. I'm big, I don't know, I'm big about like when you take yourself seriously. Like mm. the moment you take yourself seriously. Mm -hmm. Do you have like a moment in your mind, either of you, that you remember? Like taking yourself seriously as far as like career-wise or? As like, I don't even want to say as a man because yeah. that's mm -hmm. like a, a sexist point of view that yeah. I'm not trying, but like you just take yourself seriously. It's like, no, I'm going to stay on this path and nothing's going to block me from this. You know, I like, I try not to take things too serious and I try to be lighthearted about stuff mm -hmm. because if you go too serious, then you just become a joke. <laughs> but, you know, really the way I look at it is... I think I, I'm intentional. I try to be intentional about life because I'm alive and I have an opportunity to direct it in a way that I want to. So I try to do my best to make this life worth it, at least to myself, mm -hmm. you know? And I try to do my best to really uncover what it is I want and be aware of it, even if it's something that's way out in the future or something I don't think I could accomplish or whatever, as long as I, am aware of what it is I want, I think that's my way of taking it seriously and, you know, trying to always move towards what it is I want. And that's always changing too. Like, um, you know, you're always moving the goalposts, but, you know, I try to live life in a way where I'm working towards those things that I want every day. What have you accomplished that you didn't think you were going to? Oh man, um, mm -hmm. all this. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I Every, mean, everything, everything. <laughs> everything I'm living right now, I feel yeah. like, I, like, it's not that I didn't think I would accomplish it, but I think that there's a, there's a, um, there's a part of me, that, like I, I always wanted to be a producer and I always wanted to work with big artists and I always wanted to do this and that. But, um, you know, I didn't, know how it was going to happen. And I think sometimes when you don't know how things are going to happen, you might lack faith. Mm -hmm. So the way I envisioned it as a 15 year old is much different as a 30 something year old. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's very different the way it played out in my career. But I believe that it's much better than what the 15 year old me would have envisioned. Yeah. So it's like, you know, all the artists that I've had a chance to collab with in some way, shape, or form. Whether it be producing for them or my sound design, like sounds I created appearing on their stuff. And um, I, I think the, the biggest thing is just having an influence on the current sound. Like mm -hmm. I never thought like that would be something that I'd be able to do on the scale I did it. Because I never saw myself as a sound designer or someone that would put sounds in, into hip hop and into pop and all that. But but the way it kind of turned out was I was given that chance to, to be in that lane and, and be able to influence music. So, I mean, that's crazy. Both of what you guys do, I was so ignorant to. 
Mm. I don't make music with fashion. Definitely, like mm -hmm. someone described it to me once. It's like when you see someone, like a picture of someone, you're like, damn, they look good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's because that's someone's job. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's his job. That's, that's his job, job. and yep. that's something you're ignorant to. Yeah. For you, I'm a fan of music. I've never. Right. I don't make music. I'm a comedian. Like right. I literally just like rap. And I don't review shit because all I can be is like, that shit's dope, that shit's <laughs> right. not. And I right. have a good ear, supposedly. I right. guess that's why it works is because I have a good ear. Sure. But I didn't realize like what you do, like sound design, yeah. like making the sounds yeah. that go into the beats and use. It's something I literally didn't even like. Not to be dude, rude, but no, something dude, I didn't no, even no, like no, no. Yeah. think I'm glad, about. I'm glad you, you said know? that. I'm glad you said that because it's like, and just for anyone watching the pod, like, Producers, your favorite producers, they all get their sounds from somewhere. Yeah. You know, and so I happened to come in at a time and I realized that the sound packs coming out just lacked that consistency and lacked that punch. Like, and sound packs are just, I'm just breaking it down to yeah. layman's terms. Yeah. Sound packs are just the packs of the sounds, like yes. the beats, the snares, drums, yes. mm -hmm. shit like that, yep. that the producers use. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so, like, I. I've, I'm a producer, like I'm a producer, producer at heart, but I dabbled, I wanted to just put out a kit because I kind of started creating this hard hitting sound and this punchy sound that I was using in all my production. I'm like, I wonder if, if this would benefit other producers or if I could sell some packs or whatever. And it kind of popped, it went viral, it went huge. And um, Why? Man, I think it was a mixture of the, the way it was branded and the market was ready for it. It's hard to say in retrospect. But you but also believed it, too. I believed in it. Because it's like, yeah. I think it had to, you had to believe it. You, you were like, this isn't just going to be some new pack that comes out. Right. You're like, this is going to be the pack that comes out. To some level. You I, know what I mean? And, you know, when you first start on something, there's not always that level of confidence. And of that course. level of intention. But over time, you're like, all right, I'm actually pretty good at this. All right, it's yeah. doing well. I can, I can become better. I can work on my craft. Mm -hmm. and, and you know, make stuff that I believe in even more. Cause it's like after that first pack took off, I'm like, oh shit, this is what I'm gonna be doing for a bit. Yeah. And um, and so like I built the drums at Knock brand, and um, and and as soon as I like started hearing that on big records, I'm like, what? This is crazy. Like, I heard like one of my shouts on uh, Niall Horan's record, and uh, I was just like, it's like boom, 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 woo. And I'm like, wow, they they're using my sounds in the game. Wow. Man. And then like you just like heard it like you just heard it one day. I was on I was getting on an airplane and somebody <laughs> said, "Yo, check this out," and my voice was on the first three notes and the shit has like <laughs> billions of plays and, and I'm just like you're like what? I recognize <laughs> that. <laughs> like, it was me just shouting into a mic. I'm like, and you know that's that's one part of it, but like something that's even more fulfilling to me is hearing like some dope hip hop records that you know like I, I just did a little video with Pharrell using my drums and yeah and he just he his Lord forgive me track, you know, he made a pattern with my with my drums and I'm like, yo, my sound is getting on these records and influencing. How the are sound. they finding it? They're just like using it without your not not without your knowledge, but like they're buying it or they're using yeah, it. Yeah, they buy it. Like Pharrell bought my like bought my shit. Is yeah. that how it works? Yeah, I sell my packs on drums and it's also up on Splice and uh, and you know, producers gotta get their sounds from somewhere, so so that's the thing that really popped off for me, the sound design and, and the packs and... That's wild. Yeah. It's crazy, man. It's, it's not common either. It's not like, not every producer like does sound Yeah, design. why? Where did that idea come from? The one that popped off? Do you have the moment that you, that idea came into your Drums head? Drums that knock? Yeah. Like the whole idea? Um, 
I don't know the exact moment, but I remember the time. I remember, it was around 2015, and I was experimenting with like blowing out my drum sounds, like putting way too much distortion on them and making them hit way too hard. And now I know why he gets along with Knox. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so like I, I wanted to like make them hit a little hard because you know if you talk to producers, like I don't know, you know, from 2015 around then, every college professor would say one thing you don't want to do is make your drums clip. Like producers will know what I'm talking about. Like you don't want to be in the red because that's mm -hmm. bad. Digital clipping, analog clipping, it's bad, bad, bad. So I took this idea that was wrong and I made it my signature. So I think that because producers were already clipping sounds, like Dr. Dre, he used something called an SSL board, which mm -hmm. was like a, a console. And part of the way he got his sound was clipping the sounds a little bit. So I just kind of used some of these classic techniques and just kind of like used it in my own way. And, and that's kind of where Drums at Knock came about. But it, and, you know, and, and the crazy thing is I feel like now every song has hard hitting drums. So I feel like- Noise music is so mainstream yeah. now. Yeah, huge. Facts. Yeah. yeah, I went to a Wilco concert, and Wilco's Wilco makes noise music. It's yeah. crazy. It's, it's dope like, too. There's so much yeah. innovation. I also, like nowadays in general, I feel like there's so much innovation with styles, and it's it's amazing. Like I, I I'm loving where some. I mean, we have so many options for listening to music nowadays yeah. in general. So I'm I'm just loving the amount of choice we have. It I, it feels like now people are like doing stuff that they want to do. Like, yeah. I love listening to Griselda because of that, where it's like, oh, yeah. they're just doing what they like, and it sounds dope. It doesn't sound, like, you can see the influences behind it, but it's its own thing. Like, they're not, I love that people are just making their own lane for shit and creating Thanks. things that don't have to be, you know, what everybody else is doing. Like, everybody's just, like, kind of going with their own thing, and I think that makes it better. Absolutely. I want to talk about your style next. I feel like we should give oh, no, Brett yeah, an introduction I'm for this. Yeah. And I want to, but I want to make the point that you made and that I made for making this podcast, and I feel like you have too, is a break from the norm. Mm -hmm. You know how they're like for products, for products, if there's something missing in the market and you mm -hmm. want it, that's what you, that's what you go. That's, that's how you sell a product. Mm -hmm. But for art, if there's something that you're like, I just wish this is how it was, yeah. and you follow it, that's where the great, greatest creative geniuses come from. Mm -hmm. yeah. I don't give a fuck about listening to rappers or rap-adjacent people talk about what projects they have coming up right. mm. or who they want to work with. Right. I want to know who people are on like a human level and why they create. Yeah, I love that. Why they create, why they got to where they are right then. It's right. not about clout. It's not about who you know. It's not about who you've worked with, who you collab yeah. with. It's about the intention. It's about right. the spirit. For me, like when I'm musically inspired to create like a, my own stuff, like, you know, when I create my best work, it comes from a place of intention. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it, it's, it's coming from a place of like, what is the feeling that I feel? Can I expound on that feeling? Can I open up that feeling? Mm. Well, that's why I asked you. I open up this fucking interview asking you why you moved to New Hampshire or why you bought a house here is because, honestly, I, I feel like it's rhetorical, but it's like you can't clout chase up here. 
Yeah. Like, there's a that's a real thing that I respect. Is like you yeah. moved away and you mm-hmm. have to go back to work. Right. But you're like, I don't. I can create on my own and not have it be part of this big machine that I don't support. Right. And mm-hmm. it's, it's you know it's not necessarily. I mean, look, <laughs> for me, it's never been about clout. It's never been about yeah. clout chasing. It's always been about the spirit of like where I'm creating from. It's about the gift. Yeah. And and uh, and a second to that, it's been about the business. It's like, you know, it, it's it's the energy. It's it's how is the business doing well? You know what I mean? It's 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 all of that. A business has to make money. A business needs and to make money. And I think that's money. a thing that artists that I I won't even speak on other people that mm-hmm. I realize is cool shit's mm-hmm. going well yeah. but are you making money from it yeah. are you making a living from it yeah. are you growing a business how it's supposed to grow you have right. to because otherwise you're not going to be doing it you're going to be yeah. having some other thing that you have to do so it's you just going to spend... be a hobby exactly mm-hmm. it's just going to be a hobby and you can turn your hobby into a job or into your career I mean we all have yeah you know so it I think people sometimes forget that you can monetize what you do well and there's no reason not to because the moment you stop putting value into what you do, you devalue yourself. Well, there's value in what you do. That's why I say what's that moment you take yourself seriously Mm. because it's what's that moment that you realize you have blind faith in the product that you're creating. Right. Yeah, I, so I, I was an optician for six years before I opened the store. Really? Yeah. I, did you know that? I did. He told me, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. Did, yeah. I yeah. In Boston, in Back Bay. And like, I was working for somebody and it was, it was great because I got to meet a lot of cool people. I got to style, like kind of started styling people with glasses, which is something I didn't have prior to that. And I, it got to, like during COVID, everything shut down and then my place shut down. And then I didn't know what was going to happen next. So then I started, we started looking at houses here in New Hampshire because it was still open, kind of. And I was like, okay, I can do things here then. I don't have to be in Boston. I can do stuff here. And I was like, what if I start the culture here like the culture I was a part of in Boston? Like, I remember going to Bodega. Like, they would have events and stuff. They had parties at Bodega. And, like, it was dope. And it was kind of like, if you know, you know, kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I could just do that here. Like, I don't have to follow to be in a city that allows me to be another one. I was like, I'm going to be the one that starts it. And then the place is going to become a hub. And then I'll be able, I'll be able to connect with other people and help other people sort of do the same thing that I'm doing, which is just unplugging from this not matrix, but it's like we're unplugging from thinking that we can only create in a city or we can only right. create in one environment. Like you can create anywhere. Exactly. You literally can create anywhere you want. We have cars. We, you know what I mean? We yeah. can get anywhere we want. It's right. not like we're like bound to walking distance to things. We can drive anywhere we want. You can't and you have to leave your own you comfort circle. Definitely. Totally. You, it's like... Uh, it's like lifting. If you just like, yeah. you just lift the same weight forever. Mm-hmm. You're you like stop the, making gains. You yeah. know, like you gotta, yeah. you gotta fucking well, build when you, outwards. When you attack like a muscle, when you when you're working out, you're not gonna do the same exercise. Like if I if I'm doing chest, let's say, I'm not gonna do just 
barbells. Mm -hmm. I'm going to also do the bar. I'm also going to do um, like some uh, elastic, like uh, yeah. the whatever that's called. But yeah. you have to find different ways to, to work out that yeah. same muscle so it's more effective. You on know, a like, spiritual level, why do you... Th I know I already asked you this question, sure. but I'm asking you it again. Okay. On a spiritual level, why do you think that kit took off? Why do you think that? Because I wanted it to. <laughs> I wanted it to. I think that, um, you know, and, and just to take it away from, you know, the woo-woo or whatever, because, you know, I'm a very practical person. Uh, I, and I, but I do believe in the human mind right when we think something and we put intention and purpose and passion and emotion and clarity behind it or like or even like hard work or, or whatever it is consistency when we do that i think that like it almost communicates the product communicates with the people who buy it like they feel it like people will say like i spend more time on my kits and more energy than probably anybody because i I treated it in such a way where I want every sound to be great. And so like, at least by my standards, not maybe not great by somebody's standards, yeah. but great to me. So like when I make it, it's like exactly what I want it to be or, you know, or something like that. So I think that, I think that people feel it. I think that, you know, same thing when I produce records, like I, I try to just put my whole self into it. So mm -hmm. I think that on a spiritual level or a mind level, I think that's why it communicates with people. And I, I think, you know, same with your fashion, mm -hmm. same with your podcast. You guys put in the reps, you mm -hmm. guys put in the work. You ever read Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell? I've seen it, but I've never read it. Okay, it's read. worth it, but he talks about the Beatles in there. Okay. Mm. How, like, the Beatles, when, before they were famous, would yeah. play at a strip club for, like, eight hours every mm. night, every day. Wow. And he was like... I'm going to fuck up the butcher the wording of it, but it's like the Beatles aren't the best band ever. They right. just put in the most put work. work. They put mm -hmm. the most hours in. Yeah. And when you're, like, <laughs> it, it, when you're yeah. like, oh, I spent more time on my kits, uh, that's the answer right there. Mm -hmm. I'm uh, three years into this podcast, June 17th, and this is episode 304. Mm -hmm. Like... Not that I just know that I like if you're not putting out more podcasts than me or at least putting out higher quality, then you're going to get left in the dust. Mm -hmm. It's about the amount of work, the reps that you're going to put 100%. in. hundred yeah. percent. It absolutely is about yeah. that. That's, and another thing, like we were talking about routines, like for any producer, one cheat code is like, I hear a lot of producers saying, oh, I got beat block. I don't really want to make anything or I'm having a hard time, this and that. And I get that. You know, we all go through that. But the remedy to that is just make a beat every single day. Mm -hmm. And so some people will say, well, I don't want to just make shit all the time. Well, you don't know. You're not making music because you think that what you make is going to be shit or it's not going to be up to your standard or whatever. But the action of sitting down and knowing that you're going to make a beat that day mm -hmm. and you make that beat, what happens is you, you might, the first 10 beats might be crappy, but that 11th beat, oh, that's all right. The 13th beat is crazy. Right. Because you made a beat every day. If you didn't take that approach of making a beat every day, you never made that 13th beat. Do you mm. know when something's going to work? In, uh, what you mean? Like, like, like when a beat. Like when you make a beat, are you like, oh, this is going to work? Or do you... <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know what's funny? Um, so my career has been kind of unorthodox. So like I, I'd say like the typical producer, they'll make a beat and be like, oh, I want to get this to an artist. 
I don't always approach it that way. So, because I have my own Spotify page, so I release music under Decap. You have your own genre. You don't even have your own. Like, <laughs> yeah, how would like, you describe your genre? So my genre is called Future Knock, and I I coined that in like 2016, and I started putting out mixtapes and of producers and and uh, who use drums at Knock and make hard hitting stuff. So it kind of took off and it made its own genre. Um, but it, but it's like. If I, you know, when I make music, a lot of times I'll release it on my own, on my own thing, and I've had some success with that. Like I, I put out a record with no promo, back in 2016. Uh, no promo, just put it out on, uh, on DistroKid. Uh oh, Someone, <laughs> someone's dead. <laughs> I put it out on DistroKid, and uh, and it made it to the Spotify viral 50 list uh, on Billboard, and it hit number six. So like. I feel like, you know, one thing is I'm all about getting placements and I, I've done a bunch of placement stuff too. But I feel like producers shouldn't shy away from being their own artists and releasing music. If they, if they feel inspired, you don't need to get some, with some artists that a label is backing in order to make it. You can make songs, you can rap, you can sing, you can make beats, you can collab with your friends or, you know, do things on the underground and sometimes that can pop. Like I have... A lot of monthly listeners on Spotify. You know, relatively. So the way I, I see it is you don't always have to chase placements. I think that's one way to do it, but to be honest, there's more hoops, there's more competition, and it's not always going to be the best business decision. Releasing your own music can be better. It's the, the actor mentality. One for them, one for me. Mm -hmm. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it is that. Because exactly you want to give away that. all your best beats to artists? Like, why yeah. not save some of that? Because you might have an idea that could pop. Right? Yeah. And, it, and none of it's easy. Like, it's, it's difficult to build a brand. It's difficult to get placements. Right. But it's just another way of that's what made kanye though because he was like taking beats and just saving it for himself yeah. and then he would play the beats for other artists and then he'd just be like nah this one's for me why do you respect an artist to work enough with them oh man well there's a number of things you know i i enjoy what i enjoy so i have my own tastes um things that i resonate with musically but i'd say just as much as that they got to be cool <laughs> like they got to be cool people they got to be kind you know just nice normal good people have a plan have a plan facts yeah. thank you yeah they yeah. have to have some sort of a some sort of a goal post like what are they working towards you know you know because and i understand when you first start out sometimes you don't have it all so like i'm okay with mentoring a little bit sometimes um but yeah a plan is a big part of it and also just like a like a, just a good person like good music that i like good person and have some sort of a plan that's that's pretty much what i would say is is the most important i was trying to think about this because i like shitty music too yeah like purpose, <laughs> what does that mean like though? purposefully shitty okay. music like, like stuff that's wrong yeah like, yeah like the wrong. new like a lot of detroit stuff yeah oh now. i love like, that stuff they'll yeah. keep the mistake their lyrical mistakes in it and yeah. then just be like Oh fuck! And go back a bar and rewrap <laughs> yeah, yeah. it. Like I, I enjoy it. it. There's something about that. Energy. There's something about it. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's like how would you describe someone finding their style? Um, I think it all begins with self-awareness because mm -hmm. it's really hard to pull off something if you're not aware of who you are. Like, you can automatically look at somebody, and if they don't have the confidence to pull something off, you can t the, the style just isn't going to look good. You know, like, and you get like. I find that people 
when I see somebody who's authentically putting on something like I, you, we talked about this when you were like, people were like, oh, don't wear anything flashy. You're on, you're on stage and, as a comedian, and you're like, fuck that. I like fly shit, so I'm gonna wear fly shit. Yeah. And it's like, I see people sometimes wearing something, and I'm like, you're just trying to piss off your parents. Mm. Like you don't even like that. Mm. You just want to wear it because your parents are gonna be upset. All emo people. Right. <laughs> you, know what I, you know what I mean? It's like, there's an energy behind that that's just like, you're not going to find yourself trying to piss off other people. Like, you're going to find yourself when you realize who you are. Like, mm. when you accept who you are and your mistakes, your flaws, um, the, the good things about you that sometimes you forget... And then just like stop trying to dress for other people. Stop trying to dress for what's in style. Mm. Like I wear shit sometimes that's like was popular 2015, 2016 or like 2009, 2005. Like I have no style that's like directional. I just, if I'm feeling certain way that day, if I'm wearing, if I feel like I'm wearing baggy jeans today, I'm going to wear baggy jeans. Today I'm wearing fucking skinny fear of God jeans. Like, and this was like a popular thing in 2015. I don't care. It's still fly to me. Dope is dope always. Yeah. You know? And, and even just to, to piggyback off that point, like even musically, mm -hmm. you know, I, and like you, I, I'll pay attention to what's happening now, mm -hmm. but it doesn't mean that it's going to affect my music. It doesn't mean I'm going to make a carbon copy of that. Right. Like I might want to use a drum pattern more 2015. Right. Like, right. You know what I'm saying? Like there, maybe there was a certain bounce that I want to use, but maybe yeah. I want to use some like, um, some 2023 elements, you know right. what I mean? But like finding, mixing that together is what makes you you. Right. It gives you your originality. Like, you know, people will say like, you, Decap, you have a sound. Breno, mm -hmm. you have a look. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like they'll, they, they might say you have a sound and I won't even know because I'm just doing what I want to do right. in, in that moment. And, yeah. and then it's that mixture of like, what did I learn in, in 1999 when mm -hmm. I was first starting out? Or what did I... What did I learn in 2007? Like, what was I into at that time? Like, so a little bit of Jay Dilla influence, a little bit of uh, G Unit influence, mm -hmm. and then a little Kanye, and all these things together, you just come up with your own your own shit. And I, I think when you start out, imitating is a good a good way to start out. Like, and I'm sure with dressing, like yeah, you know, comedy is like that too. Yeah. yeah, dressing is like that. Yeah, everything. Like, you know, I like I I would imitate DJ Premier when I first mm. started. Like like oh, how did he do it? And I would literally like look at how he did his chops and try to like redo mm -hmm. it his way. But it's like you know, from there, eventually, once you learn that, you might learn something else and something else, and then you just become this melting pot of all this stuff. And no, there's nobody that dresses like you. Right. No one that you know makes music like me. No one that does a podcast like you right. or does yeah. comedy like you is. It's all these things together that make you who you are. Yeah. And it's a respect copying, not mm -hmm. like a, I'm going to go copy right. that. Yeah, totally. I'm going to go do the same right. thing and that's going to lead me. No, it's like I respect this thing so much that mm -hmm. I'm going to work towards it. Because there's a reason that an old movie you can still watch and is good. Right. right. Some things are timeless. Right. Yep. Like, have you ever gone back to like your top listen to songs mm. from like 2015? Yep. Mm. Some of them are great. Yeah. Some, some of them, some of them age well. Some of them are not aging <laughs> yeah, well. Yeah, it's like uh, who? Um, Red McFly. He was the last episode. Dope producer. Dope. Um, he was saying like some shits like microwaved. Yeah. And some mm. shits in the oven. You gotta bake that shit. Yeah. You know, like yeah. you gotta give it that time. And that's how do you think someone develops confidence? In general, confidence? Yeah, because we're yeah. talking about yeah. being yourself. Yeah. Like, how, how do you develop confidence? 
Man, I think, um, oh man, these questions are cool. Uh, so I think that, I think that one way is repetition. Just doing it over and over and showing up. Yeah, I never every thought of day. it that way. Showing up every day, doing the work, yeah. like putting in the effort. Like the meditation. Yeah, right. facts. Like, you know, some people are like, oh, I don't know how to meditate. I'm like, yes, you do. Meditate, there's no such thing as not knowing. Like, mm -hmm. you don't know how to count your breaths? Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, but, but part of it's just thinking that it's, it, you, have to know the, you have to know the structure of what you're doing. Like, what is a beat? If, if like to have confidence in making beats, you have to know what a beat is. And then you have to know how to take all the steps to get to that desired result. So maybe it might not be a great beat. Like for me, I can sit down and make a beat and everything I do will at least be good because I know enough and I've done it enough times that I, I'm not going to make some, I'm, unless I'm really experimenting and it goes bad, I'm not going to sit down and make something bad. I might make something average or something good but like greatness comes in spurts <laughs> you know what i mean like you have to there's and i think you have to put in the reps for greatness like you have to put in the reps and do work for for that one moment of greatness to shine through that's that's the way i look at it i know you're a fan of comedy so you might know what i'm talking about mm -hmm. but there's this thing where it's like a comedian most comedians get big in their 40s yeah because mm -hmm. no one wants sense. to hear someone young talking telling them about life exactly. you know yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. so if you have to wait until that person is like old enough to want to listen to the wisdom of them right, right. but a lot of times once a comedian blows up late i guess this is in rap too but like they'll show old clips of them, like when mm. they were first starting out. Mm. And you're like, oh my God, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. But that wasn't seen as amazing back right. then. Right, right, right. It's only seen as amazing because you saw where they go yeah. now. Right, yeah. yes. Because you, you see a freestyle yeah. from a rapper in the street when they were 16, Yeah. that freestyle didn't blow them up at that point. Like right. a Kanye freestyle right. before he did Jay-Z's Blueprint. Right. Exactly. Like we're like, oh shit, that's crazy, right. that's genius. But it's only because we have the context of what he's done yeah. now. Or Biggie when he was 17 in the streets exactly. of Brooklyn. like When he's bad at rapping. Right, exactly, yeah. but like yeah. everybody only they only look at that because of so much of the career they had after exactly. it. Yeah. You know, because if that guy just went on and did nothing after, nobody would even care about that clip. Yep. It wouldn't have even mattered. It's like The weekend used to be homeless. But yeah. No one supported him when he was right homeless. Right, when he was homeless. Right. They're exactly. only now being like, wow, you were right. homeless yeah. and you're The weekend. Right. It's like, where were you motherfuckers yeah. when? It's all context. It's the blind it faith in yourself. Right. Yeah. Do you have a proudest moment in your career? Hmm. I think like just in general, being at a point where I'm able to do what I love every day and, and the money aspect's taken care of. Because I spent so much time having to work up to the point where I made enough money to survive. Mm -hmm. So I think once I hit that point where I didn't have to worry anymore, I think that, that's the moment where it shifted for me. I've made it. <laughs> you yeah. know, that's the moment when I was like, I've made it. I'm doing this. I'm doing the dream. And that, to me, that I think that's the proudest moment. I, I think for me, it was just, um, I think it's realizing, like I had the feeling of someone coming up to me that I had when I would go up to somebody and be like, I'm, like I felt like people that I saw as successful were so unapproachable that when those people started becoming my peers and then people started coming up to me and thinking I'm unapproachable, I was like, mm -hmm. oh shit. Like I have the same impact though now 
that those people had for me when I was in like my you know teens or in my twenties. Yeah. Having people come to the store or like when I'm styling somebody, and then like they, they not they give me the time of day, but they respect what I do. It now puts me in a position where I'm like, oh, cool, like, I'm I made I made it, but like I make it every day. Like, there's no such thing as like you just take the your foot off the gas. Mm-hmm. You always have your foot on the gas. The moment you take your foot off the gas, you die. Yeah, you know, you know, motherfuckers who drop off for three years and then right. come back and think they deserve right. the exact same place right. that they Gosh. were three years ago. No. It's like I'm three years ahead. Like yeah. that's not Gosh. how it works. Yeah. You have to always continue the momentum. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think sometimes there might be a moment where you take the foot off the gas and make a turn. Right, of course. But once you make that turn, yeah, and you can see that path, that you got to get back. You don't the shut gas. the car off. You don't shut the car off. I love these analogies. I do. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes you gotta. A homeless yeah. person hitchhiking <laughs> in the back who has a shovel and a blanket. Yeah. <laughs> he just keep yeah. as deep as it goes. <laughs> oh, <man. That's> <laughs> but yeah, I think I think I'm proud every day, you know. And like sometimes it's it's different proud, you mm-hmm. know. Sometimes you're proud of like seeing your piece on stage, or yeah. sometimes I'm proud of like you know a, a kid coming to buy something from me. But he could go anywhere else. Like I'm able to influence kids that are like 13, you know, where it's like they could they're the most influenced by these like high end brands or high fashion brands or just these name brands that they've known or all their, everybody in their group of friends is wearing. But when I see like that feels more uh, successful to me than I would say, like seeing my piece on a stage, like when a 13 year old kid comes in and like wants to buy my like he's saved up money to buy my stuff. I'm mm-hmm. like. I made it. I love that. And, and we talk about this a lot yeah. too. Like you are in a place where you're directly influencing people. Yeah. But you're not interested in like, oh, once I attach to Balenciaga or something, you are that. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the thing is like, it's the whole concept of you are the placement. Mm-hmm. Like what, when you realize like I, like, I don't need to go to some big artist for validation, some commercially big artist. I create that validation. Mm-hmm. I am the placement. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's it, like so many producers, if I could empower any producers, like you are the placement, you are the brand. You have to build your brand first. And one thing is this, it, this industry, music industry specifically, I'm sure the fashion industry has their issues, but music industry is fucked. There's so much shadiness happened in the music industry so much bad so many bad contracts so many situations where bigger brands and labels will try to leverage young people and producers and take advantage like look at it from this angle when for any producer watching this right now maybe you just started producing and you're at a point where you're shopping a deal well, once you get a contract are you prepared to have a lawyer look that over <laughs> do you have the possibly ten, fifteen thousand $15,000 to have this big con Like maybe you're incredible and you, you're gonna get a million dollar deal. Are you able to have it looked over? Probably not. And when you sign that million dollar deal, um, there's a good chance there's gonna be a lot of things in that contract that you shouldn't have signed. Mm-hmm. And that's where artists get screwed over. So, you know, it, that's the, the, just the weird things about this game. So when I say you're the placement, you are 
enabled to build your own brand. You're able to do that. So I, I say everyone, focus on building your brand first. Don't skip any steps. Don't skip no. steps. No. Don't, th there's this whole thing, comedians. Yep. You blow up on a Netflix special, what if you can't do a Netflix special? What right. if you can't do an hour of killing on stage? Right. Right. Why would you want that opportunity? Right. Right. You'd blow that opportunity. Right. Exactly. Right. Like you have to, you can't skip any steps. That's a that. really good way of saying it because it's like there's incremental points. So that's why you don't, you don't have to go shoot all the way for the top right away. Sometimes right. you have to work your way up. Yeah. yeah. And people are only going to see your success too. Like people aren't going right. to see the struggles that you went through, you know, yeah. they're not going to see like that time where I was in my apartment opening my fridge and there was just like, yeah. there was just lunch meat and fucking cheese, you know? Yeah. People, all they want to see is like the success. But it's like, I remember taking the bus, taking yeah. two buses, three buses, you know, not having, maybe not making money for rent, you know, or like, I'm sure you've gone through with this too. It's like not knowing when you're going to do your next spot, you know, and now yeah. you're, you're doing a, a festival. Like, yeah, you're one of the top names in the festival. It's, but you don't get that love here. You had to go get yeah. it. You had it. Yeah. You were in places where other people were like, why is he here? And you're like, I'm here because I belong here. You have to you have to not care what other people think about what you're doing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, would you uh, would you say that the Pharrell placement was your like most prestigious placement? Uh, it was definitely like one of the placements that that I was proud of for sure. But um, yeah, you know, it, it's it's actually I'm a privileged place to say I've had lots of like placements that have been like mind-blowing do you okay and yeah. the reason i'm asking that i'm yeah. not even asking it to be like oh click i'm asking sure. do you feel happy when you get those or oh, do absolutely. you absolutely absolutely no it's a total honor whenever i hear ogs and producers i look up to and and that have inspired me that have influenced me well, you're, um, you're a fan I'm a fan. Yeah. I'm a gen genuine I'm a fan, fan. since fashion. I was a kid since I was a kid yeah. you know listen to Pharrell you know uh it's always Neptunes, all that. Like, yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. Grinding when I was in twelfth grade. Like, but you <laughs> are you are happy about that shit. Oh yeah, absolutely. Maybe that's where the um, the money being good because it's tough. Yeah. I think with me struggling when I get cool shit, yeah, I enjoy it, but I can't enjoy it for that long. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like I, for me, it's like, like I enjoy it, but then it's like. All right, but I gotta keep pushing. Mm -hmm. I can't oh, take my pedal off the, my foot off the gas. That's our character. With the homeless trick. person and the <laughs> yeah. shovel and the yeah. like, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> to enjoy it for too long. No, you always take a minute, but you don't rest on your laurels because I, I really feel like it's so important to keep it moving, and and you don't want to like be too big for your own mind. You don't want to become a legend in your own mind, like you, because I'm I have the awareness that at any moment you know, things could fall away. So I'm always thinking, what's next? What's next? Almost obsessively, I'd say. Like, yeah, you know, same. I'm always like, oh, what am I going to do next? How, yeah. can I, how can I leverage this situation? Like, yeah. what's the next thing? Like, I'm, I'm more in the future like, than I am in the past. Like, mm -hmm. you know, if some, like, there's certain things that people will praise. Like, if you'll do something, people will be all, oh, my God, you did this thing. But... It's usually those things I'm like, I'm not even there. I'm on to the next thing because that will hold you back. Mm -hmm. You know, you, and we all seen the artists that hold on to their past success and, and they never really move forward. You have, 
you have to just, I, I spend every day letting it all go. Like, uh, I was listening to this podcast last night and it said, this, is, this 3D reality is a simulation and there's a reality outside of this. So theoretically, I try to, or, you know, as a, as a mind experiment, I try to see beyond this headset, if this is a virtual reality. I try to see, like, what, what can I sense beyond this world? Mm -hmm. Like, what, is, what can I create that hasn't already happened? So that, like, I try to put my mind in that creative space. Do you not even enjoy success, but do you enjoy notoriety in a pot? Like, do you enjoy people knowing what you do, or would you rather just get the success and keep moving forward? Uh, I enjoy all the things that come with it. Like, I, I definitely enjoy the, um, the appreciation. I enjoy when people, uh, when people give credit. And, yeah, I'm, I'm not, like, just behind the scenes, definitely. I, I definitely enjoy the public praise and appreciation because it, sometimes it makes me feel like, all right, cool, like, I, I'm going to keep going with this because people appreciate it. And when I don't get that appreciation, actually, sometimes when I don't get, when people don't appreciate it, I don't want to keep doing it. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of my energy comes from people who, who are fans and people who appreciate what I do. I don't even know if this is the same thing, but have you seen what's been going on with Doja Cat no. recently? I, what, I heard one what? of her new records, which is crazy, but yeah, she's amazing. I I enjoy her music, but she mm. was on this thing where like she lost like a quarter million followers because she mm. said like I w she wouldn't say she loves her fans. Oh, really? She's like I don't know you guys. Like okay. I appreciate you guys like my music, but I don't love you. Yeah, and yeah. it like blew the fuck up. Really? Right. Yeah. Was well, her honest yeah, assessment? I, I mean, feel that too. Like, I think it's, yeah. yeah, you should be honest. I appreciate when people like my stuff, but yeah. I'm not creating for other people. I'm no, creating exactly. for me. Right. Yeah. Facts. Yeah, because if you create for other people, it, like they're, you're gonna have to be in their mind. Yeah. I'm yeah. not in anybody's you mind. Can't, yeah, you, you can't. can't. You can't. Yeah. And you're also not gonna be happy. Like you're happy with what you make. I'm happy with what I make. Yeah. And then a lot of times, people are not happy with what I make. Or, oh, you, know, yeah. you know, all the time. And I'm yeah. like, and sometimes it's like stuff that I'm like most proud of. People yeah. don't give a shit about. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you get a lot of hate? I get some for sure. Does I, it affect you? You know, um, hate, I, I, I talk about this sometimes because like I, I, you know, I make videos on YouTube. I, you know, I, when I post and things like that, I'll TikTok, all that. I'll get haters that, that'll comment. Um, Nine times out of ten, I'm like, if someone just hates, I'm just like, that's your opinion. Yeah. The only time it has any effect on me at all is when someone makes a really good point about something that is off that I did or, or when there's some adjustment that needs to be made and someone clearly, articulately points it out and might throw a little shade. That's the only time it affects me because it actually inspires me to be better. Mm. But hate comments, I'm like, it doesn't... It doesn't move the needle. I'm just like, eh. Yeah, hate comments. Has an opinion. Yeah, it doesn't hate me. It, it hates me. It, it hits me harder when like somebody I know tells me something they heard from somebody else about yeah. me. Yeah. That always hurts me, um, and I try to like push away from it. But the initial, you know, we're all human, so it's like right. that initial thing that you have is to be like, how do I feel about this? Mm -hmm. And you can't just run away from the feeling of it. Yeah. I think you should feel whatever you're feeling. 
sure. but then allow yourself to grow from it and, you know, change what you can control and the things that you can't, like, I don't get mad about things I can't control. Yeah. There's no point because right. you're going to, you're going to kill yourself. Yeah. You literally will. And I just try to not focus on things I can't control. That's yep. hard though. It's hard to not worry. Mm. Yeah. It's hard. Like, yes, everything's in your control, but it's hard to like wrangle your brain. Yeah. But that's where like meditation comes into play. And that's like, I find that. And that's why you calm as hell. You don't yeah. fidget. If when you watch this back, you're going to see I'm picking my beard. Oh, I'm playing man. with my shorts. I'm playing with my hands. Oh, like, man. yeah. You are an at peace person and mm. things are successful and working out for you. Right. And I don't think it's wrong to say that there's a correlation between the two. Well, you know, one thing I notice, I do notice that sometimes I'll be in a zone where I'm around a lot of people, like at, at events or different things. And like, sometimes you can be affected by other people's thoughts and opinions. If you're like, if you're around some negative people, that shit can just affect you. Mm -hmm. So for me, like I, what I try to, I'm very conscious of energy, like probably to an extreme for a lot of people. Like I'm, I'm aware of my energy all day. Like I, the reason why I'm calm and you guys see me relaxed, cause I'm like, I look within, like mm -hmm. I actually look at like how, like how do I feel right now? And I, I'm constant, like that's something important that's really important to me. And uh, maybe it's because of, maybe it's because of anxiety, you know, cause I, if I don't do that, I will get anxious. Yeah. So um, I think that, I think that I'm, I'm just really aware of, uh, you know, whenever something negative enters my life and, and I, I try to release it. I try to let it go. I try to move on from it and uh, try to overcome it, I guess. That's why I think Kava's funny mm -hmm. is because yeah. it does give you that like, <sighs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, yeah. oh, yeah. finally, my brain's not moving too fast. That's like, what I feel, because when I became sober, that was like I needed something that mm -hmm. was gonna allow my head to just be like, you're okay. Because mm -hmm. once I stopped drinking, my mind was just like going and going and going and going all the time. It still is. Kava's crazy. But Kava is crazy. Kava? Oh, I, I, hope, <laughs> I hope Greg doesn't hear this and get mad. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I don't know how much of it is actually Kava and how much of it is, what's that when it's like... Uh, placebo. Placebo. Right. Because it's like, if I, you tell yourself something's going to work, is it going to work? Absolutely. That's it, fair. I don't, like, you know... I, I noticed that when I first drank kava, it did have a physiological effect, mm -hmm. for sure. I'm I, way more relaxed. This probably is a very docile podcast. <laughs> with the music playing oh, in the, the background. Yeah, yeah, like, oh, man. No, we're talking, we're, we're spitting music. some game, though. Like, we're yeah, all for like, real. talking about our experience. And yeah, no, it's, it's relaxed, but I, I think people resonate. Yeah, I think so, too. But yeah. it does, it, what I found kava to do, it allows my brain to think without me thinking about my brain thinking. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Okay, because oftentimes I, I'm bi a multilingual. So sometimes I'll How think- How many languages do you speak? Three, fluently. Yeah. And I could speak four, but not really. But three fluently and write and read and everything. But sometimes I'll think about something and I only think about it in that language. Mm. So like I'll speak English, but then I'll think about something in Portuguese. And I can't remember what that word is in English. Mm. All I can think about is it in Portuguese. And I envision, it li I can literally see the object or whatever it is 
in Portuguese, but I can't translate it in English. But with Kava, it just lets me think. And I don't have to, I don't have to worry about if it's going to be cohesive or clear enough. It just is. That's what I've found it does for me. And it allows me to not be worried about what's going on outside of what's happening right now. And that's oftentimes what happens with me. I just think about things way outside of everything. And Kava just lets me be centered. Weird change of subject. Languages Fine. are crazy. Oh, insane. Like, how do yeah. we not all speak the same language? How are there so many different it languages? Like, yeah. It really doesn't make... That's that reality we're outside of. There's right. something so Listen. much bigger right. that everything's a part of that we just don't understand. Yeah. I learned this one fact that as a human, like we're only aware of, or there's, there's like two million bits of information going on around us mm -hmm. at every second or something like that. And we're only aware of 16 right. at any given moment. So our identity is so constricted based on the vastness of reality. Mm -hmm. Like we only are aware of this very small piece. So even if you could become like 1% more aware, that's a win. I'll be driving like through New York City and I'll just be driving and it almost feels natural. Like you don't think this is all came from someone's head, you right, know? Right. But then you're like, oh shit, I am dumb. Like I'm dumb because I don't understand how, like mm -hmm. I, know, I know the dude who created the nuclear codes that, we, that protect like, He's so on a different spiritual plane than me, like oh, of yeah. understanding. Right. It's so weird. Like, mm -hmm. we think we're all equal in that way, but we're not. No. But they can't create for shit. You know, no. they right. can no. only, they see the world a different way. Right. He can't, he can't come up with a joke. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, he can't come up with a good old dick joke. <laughs> that guy's not even thinking so about what, that. So what? Yeah. So what? You built a skyscraper. Yeah. I can tell a good dick joke. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I feel that. like every person has like something unique to contribute, man. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think your purpose on the planet is? Oh, man, that's crazy because I, I've been through all different kinds of thoughts around that. Like, um, I think we were talking about this, but yeah. like I, I used to think that like I had to have this purpose. And, you know, now I kind of feel like I don't need to. Mm. I almost feel like I don't have to have a purpose. And that might be contrary to what a lot of people think, but I, I feel like it's actually freeing to just do what I want. Mm -hmm. Like do what I actually want to do. Not like being careless or overly selfish or or just do nothing but like I, I feel like not giving myself that burden of a purpose is actually a good thing because I really the honest truth is I don't know but I, I but if I admit that then I can kind of get a little closer when when I find something that I resonate with or like if I make a good song or like it just doesn't have to be that lofty like I don't have to change you're not mind. obsessed with your legacy. Like a yeah, lot of I people don't... I feel like are obsessed with like what their legacy is going to look like when they go. And do you think that's why you will leave a legacy? I've never even thought about it, honestly. I, I, I feel like the honest truth is I feel like there's bigger, better places out in the universe mm. that I'll exist in. And so like I feel like any legacy I would leave, it just doesn't matter. I, that's my honest feeling. I don't, I don't feel attached to the idea at all. Like there's no, no part of me that cares about leaving anything when I'm not here. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think, I don't know if it was you or Knox that said this, it was like after somebody dies, 
there's somebody an hour later who's like, what am I going to eat? I think that was Knox. Knox, yeah. yeah. It's like, what am I going to eat? Mm-hmm. And it's like, all of a sudden, they just keep going. And like, your legacy is whatever you left with people that know you or don't know you. Yeah. But there's no reason to obsess over it. Like, just be in the now. I think I obsess with being in the now. Yeah. That's what I'm obsessed with. I'm obsessed with being here right now. Confidence is not caring about the future, but respecting the present. Facts. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I, 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 I think more people need to think about that. There's a lot of people that are navigating the internet, forgetting that to navigate themselves. Yeah. Because I, to myself, create slow. But yeah. to other people, create fast. Mm. Right. But I should, because to me, I'm only judging myself on my own scale. Mm-hmm. Right. Does that make, that, yes. that's yeah. around, yeah. What, but like some people yeah. are like, damn, Sam, you work so hard. And yeah. I'm like, I'm lazy as hell. Yeah. You know, like yes. that. Yeah, I feel it's like It's all perceptual. Yeah. It's yeah. all, yeah. like, we judge ourselves harshly sometimes. And, you know, and, and back, the idea of legacy, it, it's like, there is one idea that I heard that I resonated with. It's like, make your your being, like who you are right now, like this person that's right here, leave the situation better. Like always like leave every person, every situation better than before you showed up. Mm. I think that that to me resonates because I believe in putting good energy into things, mm. into people. And I think that that mind, and, and it's for selfish reasons also, when you project good energy, it's not because you're trying to be a good person in the eyes of others. It's you are you're literally energetically infusing things with positivity and you get the result of that. Because I believe in karma in that sense. When you give positivity, positive things come back to you. And I, I think in my experience, things do work that way. When I send out positivity, positive things come to me. Yeah, yeah it, it's you okay work. to be selfish sometimes. Yeah. You have Helping to others is selfish it as is. hell, that, you yeah, know? That, like, it is. Helping others is the most selfish thing you can do. Right. We can't not be selfish. Yeah, exactly. And that's not we a bad is. thing. No, it's no, not bad. No. But life isn't about good or like bad. It's about a balance. Like finding yeah. the balance is the most important part of life. I think, I think that's self-awareness. And I think yes. I needed this whole conversation. Like I said this to both of you before the podcast. I'm going through like real life shit right now. Uh-huh. Like today going through real life okay. shit. Yeah. But like... That doesn't matter because conversations like this, like if I didn't do this, we yeah. wouldn't have this conversation. The right. knowledge wouldn't come out. Right. Like, right. You just have to believe that whatever you're doing is the right path. Right. You have to have a good, positive outlook on it. Mm-hmm. I appreciate you guys doing this. Of course, man. Thank you. This is dope as hell. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that was great. I know. When you were like, what are we going to talk about? I was like, I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. We- this Involved. was like a coffee shop podcast. Yeah. yeah this was. is the perfect shout out Union Coffee. Yeah, Union Coffee. Union coffee. Hooked coffee. It up, Dave. Yep. I should have probably given an introduction. Shout out, go to yeah. Unitary. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Come to Unitary. Uh, go on my Instagram. It's at Unitary Forever. Um, yeah, I, you know, I, it's, I'm grateful to call you guys my friends. You know, it's like we're all doing dope shit, but like you guys are my friends, not just my people that I know and that's you know it's it's great to feel community I think community is so important yeah you know and this podcast is like a journal Mm -hmm. I don't care how many views this gets I don't care how many any of my 
My West Side Gun podcast has less than 6,000 views. Mm. Right. Crazy. Yeah. He's only right. done 10 interviews. Right, you know? right, right. right. Yeah. I don't care about that. Yeah. I care about this being like a journal entry. Mm. Facts. Like this is a journal entry in five years because I know I'm not taking my foot off the gas. Yeah. yeah. I know you're not taking nope. your foot off the gas. <laughs> and I know no, you're right. not taking your foot off the gas. So yeah. five years from now, you look back and be like, Remember when we fucking were sitting in that coffee shop, you <laughs> right. know? Like, right. Crazy shit. That's yeah. what this is about. I love Absolutely. that. I love that. Um, cool. Any final plugs? Anything you want to say before we wrap it up? Then uh, they can follow me at, uh, at Decap Music, Instagram, TikTok, everything. Um, and, you know, drumsatknock.com for any producers out there. You can uh, download my samples there. And uh, I recently started making plugins. So I have a plugin that makes your drums hit super hard. It's called Knock, and it's at pluginsatknock.com. So shout out to, yeah, shout out to you guys, and yeah. thank you for having me. Yeah. Of course. Thank you guys so much. Thank yeah. you, man. Peace out, everyone. Peace. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah,